This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by Michael Hyatt's goal-setting course, Your Best Year Ever. Discover how you can create a better 2021 no matter what. Register today at bestyearever.me. Welcome to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet, so you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start loving Mondays. I'm Verbs, here with Courtney Baker and Blake Stratton. Hey, Blake. <laughs> I was doing sign language. I realized yes. it's an audio medium. doesn't really yeah. work. I so badly wish people could see the video version of us recording on Zoom. Yeah, I think it's important for our subscriber numbers that we never release video of what uh, actually happens. I think in <laughs> yeah, protection of the brand, true. it probably is. That's true. <laughs> At least now we're not in our closets anymore because that was definitely, you know, I'm not sure the most – the best cozy. thing for the for it the brand cozy. overall, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but when we had callers call in before uh, and they posted the photos on social media, the immediate response from other people in the Facebook group was, "Oh, I was hoping to see Courtney's closet." Uh, <laughs> yes, that I was hoping makes- to get a sponsorship from J. Crew through all this, but it never happened. Yeah, darn it. Today. We're talking about what I think is the single most powerful force in our lives. And I'm probably underselling it. (laughs) Yeah. That's how big of a deal I think this is. Courtney, I'll ask you this. Have you ever wanted to do something, but you didn't even get started because you just thought, man, that's impossible? Well, the story that comes to mind out of the gate is when I was going to college and I was the first person um, on either side of my family to go to college. And so it was kind of this weird thing. I thought very like there were only like certain colleges that I could go to. Um, And I played tennis in high school and I had kind of like briefly thought like, oh, maybe I could play tennis in college. Maybe I could go to this certain school that I really wanted to go to, but I was like, no, that's never going to happen. Like it's not, it's not there for me. And thankfully my father was like, he's like the opposite of that kind of thinking. He's like, what do you mean? (laughs) I mean, honestly, I say this all the time. I think my dad thinks I could be president, you know? And so I think it's, it's, it's interesting when you have somebody in your life that actually is like, what do you mean that can't be done? Like, no, let's go visit the school. Let's talk to him about tennis. And sure enough, um, had I let my own thinking prevail, you know, I would not have gone to college on a tennis scholarship. You know, I would have probably gone to the state school, which probably would have been great as well. But it just, it's interesting looking back how much different my life would have been if I would have stuck with that thinking. Mm-hmm. You never would have won those Wimbledon titles either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, you didn't, if you didn't know that. The topic of today is beliefs, specifically the beliefs that hold us back. I'm really passionate about this because this has just been a theme of my life, I think. I was going to say the last year, but if I'm honest, maybe the last 10 years where I recognize what I believe to be true affects everything in my life. No area of my life is safe 
from my beliefs about myself, my beliefs about other people, my beliefs about the world. And the truth is, those beliefs are either helping or hurting me. And, you know, our podcast, we could go a lot of different directions with this idea of belief, but our podcast is about helping you get the right stuff done, helping you create a life that you love to live, get the what we call the double win, where you're winning at work and succeeding at life. And the goals that you set, you may set goals that are negatively affected by these beliefs. Or you may never hit your goals because of not the circumstances or the mechanics or your own strengths or weaknesses, but literally just because of what you believe. You know, it's like what Henry Ford famously said, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. You got that quote from Michael, actually, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's, it's so true. And I, you know, obviously I gave the example of um, when I was looking at colleges and and playing tennis and how my thinking was impacting my actions and obviously was ultimately going to impact my results had someone not intervened. But some other examples of these that may kind of hit closer to home for some of you is I can't hit my Q4 numbers because of this pandemic. I can't be done at work in time for dinner with my family. It's impossible. I just have too much to do. Anytime you have a statement or a thought that is like, I can't, that should be the red flag. Or (laughs) the other one I love is like, we can't do blank because it's always been done that way. That's always the way it's been. That that's the one when I hear it, it just like makes me want to challenge it so bad. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. (laughs) Oh yeah. Let's get back to that. I was just talking to one of our clients and he said, well, you know, in this type of business, dot, dot, dot. And he went on to basically tell me why it was going to be hard to predict their revenue. But my ears perked up at Mm, in this type mm -hmm. of business, dot, 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 because I said, oh, that's interesting because, and then I gave him an example of a different company that was doing his type of business differently. (laughs) And I said, so what do they think that you don't think? And mm-hmm. the way I measure it, Courtney, is a lot of times my own emotion. I think your emotions will tell a story. Like, right. does when I say this out loud or, or does this belief, when I state this belief, when I think about this, do I feel more powerful or less powerful? Do I feel more hopeful about the future or do I dread the future? And if you feel less powerful and you dread the future, there's a chance that's a, that's a limiting belief. Uh, The good news is if our thinking is the problem, you know, we actually have a way to help you fix it. So again, we're we're both really excited about this episode because we believe strongly in it um, and really is kind of the core to how we recommend you set goals. So for all of you Full Focus Planner users, you know, this is going to be really helpful as you near 2021. Courtney, it begs the question, if our thinking is the problem, how do we fix it? Well, you know, I mean, we've already kind of labeled that thinking as a limiting belief. And really, it's if you can find the limiting belief, we can help you replace it with a liberating truth. Um, And when you do that, you know, it really opens up a ton of possibilities. It allows you to be creative, to think differently. 
And ultimately, it's going to help you stop holding yourself back. So we've got four steps for you to kind of help you walk through that process. The first step to replacing a limiting belief with a liberating truth is to write it down, to write it down. So you just uncovered an example, maybe someone related to the example you shared, or maybe you're looking at a situation that feels impossible, or you're seeing a goal written in your planner and you're just dreading it. Anytime, sometimes it's the belief that leads the way. Sometimes the belief is hidden, right? You, you have an emotion of I'm too overwhelmed, or I feel powerless, or I feel like I'm dreading Monday instead of loving Monday. There's probably a belief under there. And so you want to dig in a little bit, do some, you may need to strap on the scuba gear for this, but you may need to go deep. We've talked about journaling as a way to sort of do this, but you may want to write down and go, why do I feel this way? Because you'll probably discover something that you believe. And then it's a matter of just putting that on paper, right? Yeah. And I think, well, first, I think everybody listening that listens to this podcast regularly is just laughing about the step one being write it down because you and I, we are so like always writing things down. It's like, write in your planner, write in your journal. Um, And so even with our thinking, we're like, hey, the first step, write it down. If you wrote something like, I can't get a job, the market is too competitive right now, you know, that is really a limiting belief about the world. Another one might be, I can't have that hard conversation. She'll never listen to me. You know, that is a limiting belief about others. Another example might be, I can't go to graduate school because I'm not smart enough. Or, you know, I just don't think I'll get in. You know, that's a limiting belief about yourself. And so I think it's really key to know that your thinking can have different categories of limiting beliefs. Yeah. And the truth is we all have limiting beliefs. Everybody, even Courtney Baker sometimes Not has, Michael Hyatt. Well, Michael doesn't. Yeah, that's true. But true, true. sometimes yeah. we, you know, I think when you said that thing about limiting beliefs about others, I immediately thought of in my marriage, I think this was probably maybe my second year in marriage. I remember thinking this thought, which is I can't burden my wife with sort of some of my needs or my vulnerabilities because she's going through a lot right now. And I don't, you know, that'll be, if I share this with her, that'll be too much of a burden. And what I found was when I became vulnerable and did share those things with her, she actually felt powerful because she was like, oh, I'm not the only one that has a hard time sometimes. Blake does too. And I'm actually powerful to help him. And that builds my own self-esteem. And it was just this pot. It, it changed the trajectory, I think, of our connection. Mm-hmm. So if you want to think about it categorically, or if you just want to examine your speech or your thought life throughout the day and just think, okay, where do I, where do I, am I starting things with I can't, or that would never happen, or this is impossible? Don't, don't be surprised when you find a limiting belief because they're kind of plentiful and everyone's got them. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, we talk so much on this podcast about, you know, having grace for ourselves. Like, again, you know, we tease, like, Michael Hyatt doesn't have them. He does. You know, everybody has them. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, it's just that we need tools to be able to defeat them. And 
I, I think it's especially powerful when you equip people around you um, with this language to help you spot them. Because sometimes it's easier for somebody else to be like, hey, that sounds like a limiting belief that you have about the situation. You know, and sometimes for me, it's been like, oh, gosh, yeah, you're totally right. Um, but sometimes I don't see the red flag. So if you've equipped other people, um, they can help you kind of say, hey, that sounds like you have a limiting belief about yeah, X, Y, Z. So the first step is simply to identify that limiting belief and write it down. Step two is to count the cost. Count the cost. Consider what does this belief give me in return? What is this belief costing me? I think when I have a limiting belief, one of the things that I will ask is, okay, if this is really true, what does that mean for my future? What does that mean for this relationship, this business, this day, <laughs> you know, this season? What does that produce? What is that producing and what is it costing me? That's what you want to examine yeah. next in step two. Yeah, I, th I think the easiest way to, to kind of make this work in your head is actually just to play out an example for you. Um, so let's just say that your limiting belief that you wrote down was, you know, it's impossible for me to only work 40 hours a week. Okay, so then we're going to look at, you know, what is that costing you to believe that? You know, first, you'll spend less time cultivating your most important relationships. You know, if you continue to believe that limiting belief, your most important relationships are probably going to be put on the back burner. It's probably going to be difficult to develop hobbies or become well-rounded, you know, if you believe that. Uh, you might miss, you know, kids' games or dance recitals. You'll be less productive at work because you're trying to do everything instead of only the most important things. Uh, it also could hurt your stress level um, and begin to impact your physical health. And at the end, you know, when you become completely burned out, no part of your life will be untouched. So that's just an example of like one limiting belief and then counting the cost of continuing to believe that. Exactly. It's not just the immediate consequence. There's always second and third, fourth level consequences mm -hmm. as you tease that out. So it's helpful. If, you, if you've already taken out the pen to write down your limiting belief, you may as well keep writing or keep typing to tease out what that cost is. Another question that I will ask myself is, who am I becoming as I believe this thing? Or how do I show up when I believe this to be true? And you arrive at some of those same cost points that you mentioned, but however you need to think about it, it's important to just journal about, okay, what is this belief causing? W what is the product of believing it? Because it's not an exaggeration. Your limiting beliefs can do a lot of harm, but there's, there is good news, right? <laughs> we are going to change those limiting beliefs, but I think, Courtney, it's hard to really see the change you want from a belief standpoint if you aren't honest about the cost. So step two, count the cost of your limiting belief. Step three is trade lies for truth. 
now that you kind of have gotten the bad news out of the way, you know, it's time to tell yourself a better story. And a lot of times, you know, these thoughts are habitualized. You know, it's not, again, sometimes it's hard for us to even see the red flag because they're so ingrained um, and as and we have thought them for so long that you accept it as truth, you know, regardless of evidence of it. And frankly, you know, habits, we talk about the power of habit a lot on this show, and, and we believe strongly in habits. It is hard to just stop a habit. You know, that's why they're so powerful. But in this instance, it's a habit that is not serving as well. So rather than just saying like, hey, stop having that bad limiting belief, that bad thinking, it's much easier to replace that bad habit with a good habit um, in the form of a liberating truth. So often our habits, Courtney, are tied to our identity, right? Mm-hmm. You you tend to do things repetitively because you think this is how I am or you think this is just how things are, right? If I believe it's so hard to get up in the morning to work out and that's my belief or if I believe that I always need to sleep in in order to feel rested or if I believe I'm not a morning person, those types of things, Mm -hmm. how much harder is it to create that positive habit, right? Or to stop the negative habit of just sleeping in, right? So if you're trying to have, if you've got a habit goal, make sure you examine your beliefs because man, that is so powerful. Let's talk about this. Maybe we could build off the example you gave in the last point, Courtney. Yeah. You shared that living in belief about, mm-hmm. you know, it's impossible for me to only work 40 hours. So here would be an example of exchanging that for a liberating truth. So you have this living in belief, it's impossible for me to only work 40 hours a week and uh, expect to get my job done adequately. An example of a liberating truth, uh, an alternative version would be with forethought and problem solving. I can make sure the most important work gets done and only work eight hours each day. So <laughs> when you say it like that, the, you know, the first thing I think is, okay, how does that statement make you feel? Does it make you feel empowered or disempowered, right? If you if you still feel disempowered, it's probably, you probably haven't arrived at liberating truth. You know, your gut, your feelings, your emotions can be an indicator. But the cool thing about that is you're forced to get creative because then you get to consider, oh, well, what's my most important work? How could I automate or delegate or eliminate the rest? What practices do you need to create to ensure you're not getting sucked into work that you shouldn't be doing? You know, what resources would you need? A question that Michael will often ask is, what would need to be true for me to do that, right? So a limiting belief is limiting because it literally puts a cap on your creativity, It puts a cap on your creativity. The truth is that we are way more creative, powerful, strategic than we probably give ourselves credit for. You know, there's always, it's like the four minute mile is kind of the classic example, right? It's impossible for a human to run a four minute mile. Now, if you don't run a four minute mile, you're not getting a scholarship to run track at roast beef tech. It's like people are running, (laughs) people are running four minute miles because Roger Bannister broke that milestone and now it's just, commonplace, right? So if you turn it around, it forces you, it kind of unlocks, it removes that cap on your creativity, Mm -hmm. which I think is where we get to show up as our best selves. 
You know, it's interesting. Sometimes I find when people get really stuck in a limiting belief that I've I've had to suggest that they just suspend reality for a minute. And that's not what we're doing here with liberating truths, but sometimes just telling yourself that will help you be like, okay, let let me like cast out all the doubts, all the like reasons this can't be possible for a second to kind of unlock this liberating truth. And then once they get into it and like unleash their creativity, they realize, oh, this is reality. This could be totally possible, but it's something in your head that like keeps you, it just, you like want to hold on to that limiting belief so hard. So that might be a, a trick as well. So Courtney, um, take us to your deepest, darkest Ugh. limiting beliefs. Uh, pull back the curtain for us. <laughs> uh, can you Can you think of any stories though, where you were able to flip a limiting belief around and discover a liberating truth? You know, I had this idea early in my career that you know, I just could not understand how it would be possible to be both successful professionally and successful as a mother. Um, and I really, for a long time, struggled with how to do that because I loved my career. I loved getting to do what I was doing. Um, but I also, I did have a desire to be a mother, but I just, I had this limiting belief about it. Um, and it really took seeing some other people do that well and realize that it didn't have to look like everybody else's situation for me to come up with a liberating truth around that. And I'm, I'm, so, I'm really thankful for that, especially now looking back. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I know that's really a challenge for a lot of our listeners, Courtney. If you want to go deeper with this concept of turning a limiting belief into a liberating truth. I wanted to just share a couple of questions that I'll ask because I think sometimes that's a hard bridge to cross of like, well, I had this limiting belief, but the, what is the liberating truth? And sometimes, you know, what I, some questions that I've gotten, I think originally I got it from an author named Byron Katie. You could look her up and, and read her stuff if you're interested. But one of the questions that I think is uh, really helpful that she asks is, can I be absolutely sure that this is true? Like, is there any chance it's not true? Just to sort of get you started on, am I 100%? Could I prove this beyond a shadow of a doubt in a court of law that this is 100% true? Almost always the answer is no. And the other question is, who would I be without this belief or without this thought? And that I think is really empowering. And if you're struggling to cross the bridge of, well, what would be the liberating truth? A simple start is just to literally flip it over, just make it the opposite to kind of just turn it around. Like I could never hit my goals by only working 40 hours a week. A way to flip that around would be working 40 hours a week makes it possible for me to hit my goals or something like that, just to sort of to, to turn it around. And, and then your brain will naturally start to build a case towards that new belief. So it's like, oh, right, because I'll be more rested. So I'll be sharper. I'll be rejuvenated. I'll be more strategic. I'll have to become a better leader. And by being a better leader, all areas of my work will be improved and my team will be improved. So their productivity, you know, you could just build a case in that direction. I think it's really good. Yeah. Thanks. I, I can hear the podcasters clapping in their cars. Keep your, <laughs> keep your hands on the wheel, people. Yes, everybody, please. <laughs> Please. 
this next step I think is important. And Courtney, if I'm honest, I think this is where Michael Hyatt and company, the resources that Michael, our team have built are really helpful. Once you take the brave step of turning that limiting belief around and and you trade it in for a liberating truth, you're left with a gap. (laughs) You're left with what next? And the fourth step is to live into that truth. It's not enough just to write down that liberating truth and be like, cool, I'm everything's better now. I, mm-hmm. I wrote it down and I had a great journal sesh. You actually need to take some steps forward. Yeah. Uh, some ways that you can do this is, you know, when you catch yourself, especially that inner dialogue that we have with ourselves, you know, feeding yourself that limiting belief, you know, it's time for you to recite your liberating truth. And I know this sounds awkward, it's a little weird, but if you can do it out loud, that's even more powerful. I know this this sounds simple and you may think, oh, this is just like really woo-woo. I promise it works. It actually helps rewire your brain, which is kind of mind-blowing to me, and can change the way you think. So soon over time, you know, that liberating truth, not your limiting belief will become the thing that you automatically think. Exactly. I think speaking it first is is a huge difference maker. There's a mm-hmm. book, I'm trying to find who says it or who wrote it. Oh, Shad Helmsetter, What to Say When You Talk to Yourself mm-hmm. is a great book if you want to just get some practice and even some more science to back up how powerful it is to say these things out loud. But something that's powerful, the reason changing your belief is powerful is because ultimately it starts changing some of your behaviors. Mm -hmm. But when you coordinate your behavior in conjunction with that new belief, that starts a new feedback loop. And you probably have that limiting belief for a reason. It's probably because you had experience, all your life experience would suggest that that limiting belief is true. And so what you need to do is start connecting that to some new experiences So saying that out loud is really helpful. But then something that I'll do is just ask myself like, well, what's one thing I could do today to exercise this new belief or to exercise, you know, what's one thing if I'm planning my day tomorrow, how can this belief influence what I do tomorrow? What's one thing that I could do in that direction? And that is really powerful because then you start creating that new feedback loop. So going back to my example of, I have this belief that I can't share, you know, vulnerable things in my life or needs that I may have with my wife because she feels stressed out right now. I I can have a liberating truth of like, it's helpful for our connection and it helps my wife if I share my vulnerabilities. But until I connect the dots of, so then what? I'll, I, I won't have the power of that new feedback loop. So maybe for, you know, for me, it was just, okay, so today I'm going to have a conversation and share one thing that I need, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, And now all of a sudden I get to experience that new feedback loop, which then makes reciting the belief that much more powerful. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I think even if we go back to our other example of, you know, I just can't work 40 hours a week, you know, Mm -hmm. that's impossible. You know, we kind of talked about the liberating truth of, you know, with forethought and problem solving, I can make sure that my most important work gets done and only work eight hours a day. If we look at that example, maybe this like living into that truth looks like leaving the office earlier. 
maybe you need to hire an executive assistant, or maybe you need to download a new software, or, you know, in really extreme cases, you know, you may need to find a new a new position somewhere. You know, I think the key is whatever liberating truth um, that you've established, you know, you're, it's going to have different steps for how you live into that truth. Exactly. And it's a two-way street. Your, your thinking is going to shape your actions, but your actions are going to shape your thinking as well. So lining those up is going to be key. Megan and Michael have a great episode um, on Lead to Win. It's episode 140, and it's called Four Mindsets to Drive Your Success. And they go a lot into this whole process of thinking back we think that our actions get results, but we it's actually all the way back to our beliefs. Um, so if you want to go deeper into this, um, that's a great episode to check out as well. So there is good news, everybody. You don't have to hold yourself back anymore. Aren't you so glad you tuned in this Monday? <laughs> you can actually radically change your circumstances, in your future, your relationships, your work, by first recognizing that you've got limiting beliefs that are like ankle weights. You're running the race with ankle weights on and you're not, you know, it's it's not worth it to just get really impressive calves or whatever <laughs> ankle weights give you. <laughs> you need to ditch the ankle weights. So you can do that by writing down your limiting beliefs counting the cost of those beliefs, trading them in for liberating truths, and then living into that truth. I feel like we were preaching today, Courtney. I liked it. I'm like all fired up. Yeah. I'm actually really excited about um, something we have for people to go through this. This is actually a process that my wife and I did together. But the thing I love about it is how it connects this limiting belief exchange process with tangible actions that you could mm -hmm. stay consistent with. So we typically do a final thought here, but I wondered if, if maybe you could share about that tool with everyone as the final thought. Well, before I do that, I just want to say, I think this year in 2020, that we may have all let a few extra limiting beliefs um, come into our thinking. And the reason that I think this is so important, you know, many of us will be thinking about our goals for 2021, but if we don't take the time to really examine what limiting beliefs we have um, and maybe ones that we've let creep in in a very hard year, it can profoundly affect our goal setting for 2021. And so I, I feel like that's, this is a really important first step. And for all you planner users, you know, I, hopefully you're like gearing up. I kind of feel like this is like, I don't know, like Super Bowl time for full focus planner users. It's like time to set our goals for 2021. And if you are excited, if you're like ready for our Super Bowl mo moment, we've talked over and over and over about um, your best year ever. And it is honestly, sometimes I like, I don't know if you're like this, but I sometimes wonder how full focus planner users use their planner really well without your best year ever, because it really is the framework for what the planner is built on. Yeah, you're crazy if you don't do it. 
That's what I say. <laughs> well, and, and just in case you're wondering, your best driver, we have a course that we're releasing this year. It's available right now. And basically, it's going to walk you through setting all of your goals for 2021. In addition, we also have, we'll be doing a live event on December 30th. So you can spend the day doing all of your goals with Michael Hyatt and be done. You'll be ready for 2021. And again, I think this is really important for years like this because it has been a hard year and it would be easy to just be like, you know what? I'm just going to chill, you know, next year. I'm not going to I'm not going to do the whole goal thing this year. And I think that would be the exact opposite mentality that we need to take. If you're interested in joining us for your best year ever, now is the time. So go to bestyearever.me to get signed up um, and either go through the course or join us for the live event on December 30th, which I'm so excited about. Yeah, we did this last year. Like I said, my wife and I went through this together. And to be honest, 2019 was probably the hardest year of our lives for a lot of different reasons. And like you said, Courtney, how you process problems or pain is a massive indicator on your ability to achieve big things Mm -hmm. in the following year. So this idea of liberating truths, limiting beliefs... I think that's an undersold part of your best year ever because it's not just here's how to set a goal, set a goal, do it. It's you actually come away from a negative circumstance. And maybe that's been that way for you in 2020. You've had negative circumstance. Let me challenge you. Get all the juice from that squeeze that you can. Don't just leave this year with disappointment and regret. But this may sound weird, but leverage that. Turn that regret into powerful lessons that will empower you to have your best year ever next year. You know, at the risk of sounding insensitive, because I know this year has been really hard for all kinds of reasons, from health to finances to whatever else for people, easily this has been the best year ever for me. You know, and, and I credit it not to all the circumstances falling in my favor, but actually having a, a system and a plan before I even started this year and knowing that, oh yeah, I can totally do hard things. I can totally come back from massive setbacks. That's what I brought with me from last year. So when stuff got set back this year, again, I'm not I'm not saying this to brag. I'm not saying it to be insensitive. I'm saying it to inspire you listening that it doesn't matter what 2021 is going to bring. If you've got a bedrock of a system to process the pain and reverse those limiting beliefs and ex- exchange them for liberating truths. It's awesome. End of sermon. Bestyourever.me. Check it out. <laughs> and thanks for joining us on Focus on This. Yeah, this is the most productive podcast on the internet. So don't forget to share it with your friends and use the hashtag Focus on This podcast. And we'll be here next week with another great episode for you. But until then, stay, stay focused. focused. This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by Michael Hyatt's goal-setting course, Your Best Year Ever. Discover how you can create a better 2021 no matter what. Register today at bestyearever.me.